everyone, and welcome to the Glad to Podcast. I'm Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Greetings. Salutations. What's going on? Bright suns. Bright suns. Man, we're back, baby. We're back. We're back. I know. I love regular life. You know, regular podcasting life. That's when you know life is good, when you can record a couple episodes. It really is. It's something just... It's good to be back, back in the chair, back in the mics. We're excited because Bad Batch is what we're going to be talking about today. But yeah, we're, uh, we had some good downtime though. Hung out uh, a few times. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all yeah, that good yeah, stuff. So yeah. it's good times, good times, good times. So yeah, um, before we kind of get into everything, obviously we're back better than ever. Happy New Year, everybody. 2023, kicking off with banger episodes of the Bad Batch. We'll which we'll discuss, uh, but real quick up top. So we will be doing uh, for Bad Batch. We're gonna be doing two episode uh, recaps, and then in between those, we're gonna do some obviously fun stuff. Uh, like for instance, next week, obviously as we wait for the next two episodes to come out for Bad Batch, we're gonna do our and or full recap review and all that fun stuff because we definitely want to talk about it because that was heavy. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah, really. For sure. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And I think Andrea and I definitely want to talk about it. So that's kind of what we're going to do to start off is obviously Bad Batch two episode arcs or at least two episode recaps. We're going to do that kind of like we did what we did last season two as well. And then we will do uh, again in between. We'll we'll have some fun discussions about uh, other stuff that's been going on since we uh, were on a little break. We were on a break. And we'll we uh, break. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll talk about some fun stuff. So again, let's hit into it. Let's get into Bad Batch because ooh, there's a lot to lot to talk about, lot 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 to discuss in these first two episodes. But if this is your first time listening to us. Welcome. We are Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics, have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character. You name it, and we talk about it. All right, Ange, Bad Batch, season two. We're back, baby. Oh, it's good to be back with this crew. I loved it. Let's go, as we always do, let's go overall thoughts. But even before that, though, like heading into season two, what were you excited? Were you hyped? Kind of give me the lay of the land for you as far as heading into season two excitement uh, were you is this what you wanted did you want another season after obviously first hearing about bad batch um season one and after if after the finale how are you feeling and then let's go overall thoughts for sure yeah i was completely ready for new star wars animation we had seen some quality quality live action shows and i was ready for animation and leaving season one uh, I was completely comfortable with everybody in the Bad Batch crew, including Omega. I liked where they left them off at. I was very invested into their future. So I, I was ready to get this this story going. I didn't have like big anticipation or high hopes. like, And I'd, I wasn't going to speculate too much about what I thought was going to happen. Uh, I occasionally watch the episodes, kind of like the first three uh, the little Hera arc I've watched and the last two I've rewatched and stuff like that. Um, nothing too serious, but 
man, I love Star Wars animation. It is just, it is, you know, that first shot, I don't want to jump right into it, but that just first shot of that landscape of that beach is just beautiful. And I, I know that we saw it in the trailer, but just just to see it and just be like, this is Star Wars animation. This is what I like. It, it, was, it was awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I loved it. It was just a nice way to ease us back into what we've been wanting. Yeah, I, I think overall for me, as far as heading into season two, again, you and I are on record. We've talked about it. Our an- we love the animation, no matter what it is. Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance, this, Bad Batch. Lego. Vis- Lego, Visions. It's all animation, Star Wars-wise. Again, I you guys can fight me on this if you want, but I think it's peak Star Wars storytelling. It really is. It's beautiful. It's enjoyable. It's so well done that I think every time a new Star Wars animation show either returns like this for Bad Batch, like season two, or if it's something brand new, it's exciting because I think they can do things, and you and I have talked about this before, they can do things in animation that maybe in live action you, you can't you know and again we've always bring up you know the world between worlds and rebels that's something that i think in animation it works it's beautiful it it, it just it connects you do that in live action i think again depending on how you do it it could work but i think it's a hit and miss maybe but i think the ideas and themes that they are able to bring into animation is second to none the storytelling is second to none i i loved it so Heading into season two, I was excited. I mean, Bad Batch, I love the characters. Omega, Hunter, Crosshair, Wrecker, Echo, Tech. They're all so, so good. And then, again, you have these other stories going on, though, that we'll talk about, you know, within the, you know, the Empire. It's good stuff. I mean, and then the connections they make to other Star Wars lore, we'll talk about that. It's just a lot. It's just so good what they can do in animation. So again, let's go over our thoughts on these first two episodes. I mean, episode one is the Spoils of War. Episode two, the Ruins of War. Obviously, this was uh, written and directed. Uh, well, writing credits, I will say writing credits go to, obviously, Dave Filoni, uh, Jennifer Corbett, and then Matt Mitnofitz. So they are the head writers and credited writers and story editors for Bad Batch. So again, we all want to say Filoni, Filoni, Filoni for sure. Well deserved, but there obviously is a team within the animation of Lucasfilm that is just really, really good. So we don't want to, I don't want to forget all those other people. You know, obviously, I think when we say Dave Filoni, for me, I say like it's Filoni and the entire team in the animation department. They are second to none. They're so, so good. So, and I mean, spoils of war, ruins of war, your overall thoughts on these two episodes. How'd you feel? What'd you think? Moments that stood out to you? What you got, my friend? Uh, yeah, I liked it because we didn't jump too far. I, I didn't feel like we lost any part of their story. I don't feel like we skipped over anything. I feel like we're right off of maybe a few months after they left Camino. And we obviously can fill in that they're still doing jobs for Sid. Um, Omega's still with them. Uh, you know, some of them have conflicting ideas of what they should be doing. Hunter wants to hide to keep Omega safe. Tech wants to fight against the Empire and help other people. Omega's somewhere um, 
you know, still being a kid. What I liked is they still kept her pretty naive and young. You know, she's she had physical strength. Um, she had tactical strength, you know, just like how we saw her coming out at the end of the season season one finale. But she's still that kid, right? She still had that doll. She was still interested in that toy. She was still very naive to think that she is the reason why the Bad Batch is in this situation that they're in, not really understanding the whole picture. So um, that's what I really enjoyed about this this second intro was that they didn't like throw us into an area that we were like, wait, what, what's going on? They just like brought us right back to where we needed to be, which I really liked. And it, it was simple, you know, it's them having to find a way to uh, live. I thought it was awesome. Super awesome that at first I was like, really, they're just going to keep doing missions for Sid over and over again. But the fact that, you know, Sid even brought up that, She's not going to be able to continue to do this. She says, how long before the Empire comes here? So even she's trying to find a way out. So this was just like a really great setup for, I think, what we're going to see this season. And the action was good. The animation was awesome. The music was great. Um, everybody had their their own parts, you know, to play and, and did them very well. It was nice that we got to see more uh, clone troopers, more CT, CT troopers, and it didn't go straight to stormtroopers. I like that as well, too. I love that we went to Sereno. I love that we had stuff for from Dooku. It feels like all of a sudden Dooku's kind of like seeping into stories all over the place. And it's it's really nice because he's very influential. And even though he's gone, they they bring up like his effect on the galaxy. So I, it was awesome. You know, it was just two really good, refreshing episodes. I really liked it. I wasn't going to be like best at, at thing I've ever seen, but it was perfect for what I what we needed. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It was the introduction that just set it up to what I think we will see the rest of the season, you know, and I'm glad you brought up Sid's conversation. Cause I, I will, I, I'm going to stick a pin in that right now. Cause that's a bigger, bigger conversation. Cause I think that it shows like you were talking about the differences in the mindsets that, I think the team is at versus where we saw them in season one. We'll talk, we'll dive deeper into that, but I agree. The music, first of all, Kiner freaking master. Like I love their music is so good. They know how to, again, do the little elements of the, of the bad batch theme. And then just these, you know, these little melodies of just star Wars. Like it's just, it's good. Like they, they are very, very good at what they do, especially within Bad Batch, Rebels. I mean, all the animation that Kev that Kevin Kiner does uh, with his sons is it's brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant. I love the music so much. Yeah, I like how we we didn't get pushed too far. I agree. Maybe a couple months, right? Max, I say max a year, but I don't even think it's been a year. Yeah. I think we're I think we're months. Just based on kind of ramparts, you know, we'll talk about him maybe deeper, but based on ramparts, like, you know, they, they, they fell at, you know, Topeka city, you know, it feels like that was more recent, not just years or anything. So, you know, I think the one thing that stood out for me is obviously the, the color, the color concept to the team itself. They're not just the gray and red anymore. They have each member has their own little color scheme. Even Omega, Omega has a new little outfit, finally has a helmet. Thank God. She's just a little, 
And she was a little, again, she was a little badass, man. Especially in that very first scene. Yeah, you see man. her, man. It was so cool. Hanging onto that line and just swinging. It oh, was so like, great. There. Yeah. yeah and she's great with that little, like, bow that she has. No, it's great. I mean, it's it's fun to be with these characters. Again, the team overall, I love. I, for me, these episodes, MVP goes to Tech. Tech was hilarious, and he's becoming my favorite Bad Badger. I, oh, I mean, Tech he, was great, man. He's so funny. He's I so mean, funny he in so many lines. Oh, you think God. he has his like own niche, and like he can only be that part. But like throughout throughout the two episodes, you sh- it showed like how versatile like he is, um, in like strength and and stuff like that. It was great. Yeah, no, I again, yeah, Tech. He had so many good lines. I mean, you know, we're we're descending at a rate of speed that is most concerning. I mean, and then his uh, when they do crash on the container uh, that they that they are in, he's like, no, that was a lot smoother than Wrecker's attempted landings. And then his answer to Omega when she was like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "Well, my femur, my left femur, is broken by 150 kilo." <laughs> By 150 kilo, like load or whatever. He's like, so no, I'm not okay. Like it's just, he's so matter of fact. I love it. I love it so much. He's so good. He's so so good. Again, I think it's interesting that I feel like Hunter in these first two episodes. Again, like you were saying, Ange, and I, I guess maybe we can definitely dive deeper into this because you get the sense that yeah, that first season. It was them trying to figure themselves out within this new galactic, you know, uh, arena that they are in, right? Because it's totally different. They are trying to survive. Now, I think it's okay. They have to really think of what what can they do to really be free. And I like the idea that Hunter's like, well, we're already free. And I love Sid, like you talked about, like Sid's reaction of, no, you're not, man. Like, take a look around you. You see what's going on. The Empire is going to planet to planet, system to system, and taking it over. Eventually, they're going to come to our front door here, and then you're boned, just like me. My operation's going, you know, under, and then what are you guys going to do? And I like how, again, all the other, you know, all the other team, you know, Echo, Hunter, or Echo, and Wrecker, and Tech, you know, they they thought about, you know, going after this war chest that, you know, was Dooku's, like, you know, entire life, you know, money, <laughs> pretty much. They wanted to go after it because they knew, you know, they knew that, okay, if we don't do this, then yeah, she's, you know, Sid's right, dude. We're, we have nowhere to go. What are we going to do? We're just going to have to keep, you know, hiding. And I feel like Hunter's like overall idea of just getting and hiding is, you know, obviously a lot to do with Omega. But I think, like Echo said to him on the Marauder, he's like, "We we have to do more. If we can get, you know, get get what we can get from these war this war chest, we can't just you know use it just to hide. We have to do more." And I think Echo sees it. I think now, especially in these first two episodes, I think Tech sees that, especially talking after talking to Romar, you know, and it's beginning to become clear that they can't just do these jobs and just keep surviving. And even Sid basically says like, this is not going to be, you know, this has a very short shelving life here. This is not going to last long. So you have to, you have to do this or you guys are in way over your heads and you're in trouble because you guys are rogue, rogue clones that they 
well, they thought you were dead, but now obviously they know you're alive. You guys are really going to be in trouble moving forward. So you have to think about it. So again, I, and kind of your overall thoughts on this. Again, I think this idea of them having to figure it out again, almost, but also realizing that they do have, they are a part of something bigger now. They're a part of something that they have to either, again, just like Andor, you can't run away from it, right? They can't just keep running away from the Empire. They have to eventually face it. They have to, you know, eventually take a stand. And I like this idea that, that I think this is where we're leading to in season two. So kind of your overall thoughts, Andrea, on, on this idea, that conversation with Sid and Hunter and like the team. I think it's good. And I think, like you said, I think it sets it up for a lot of what's going to happen in season two. Yeah, I think it's really tough for Hunter because all he ever knows is missions, right? You either win a mission or you fail a mission, try it again and all of that. And I think Hunter doesn't really want to have a plan because if you do, then there's consequences like as well too, right? You could be giving up things. You could be putting yourself into situations where you lose something. So I think that's kind of why Hunter wants to just continue this life of being ordered around and doing missions and coming back and getting another order. And, you know, Echo, he has such a different point of view because he was somewhat like a, like a prisoner of war for a long time. So he really fights for like the oppressed and, and the people that don't have rights and don't have freedom, even though he knows he doesn't as well. So, um, Echo or Hunter could be the leader of the Bad Batch, you know, I agree. and I agree. and I think in this episode you kind of see that not that one wants to have power over the other, but um, it's you're starting to see that Echo doesn't, or I mean Hunter's not giving them direction or a goal or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not value, but it, there's just nothing that they're striving towards besides surviving, and I they feel like they they're starting to feel like they need something else and and they want something better maybe because omega's around um maybe not you know and i think a lot of their decisions do um happen based on that omega is around so oh yeah oh yeah um it's really interesting so you know it's it's just a great way to to learn about these characters and move the story along and, you know, pull in other elements that, you know, that you get to see the oppression of the empire, you know, that Imperial orbital bombardment that they did on Sereno, the way that they're just um, greedily like taking all of Dooku's stuff, which he had so much stuff guys. Dude, wow. Incredible. Dude was a hoarder, I guess. Jeez. And I like and I like the the idea of too with Dooku that again they assume that the money was mostly or a lot of it, pretty much all of it almost could have been just from him ruling those other systems as being leader of the separatists. Right? But then Romar comes and tells Tech, nah, I mean, yeah, but he were, he stole a lot from his own people. Right. And because of him, because of his greed, because of, you know, his lust for power, he left his his people in the situation they are. Or, you know, orbital bombardment, 
They are, you know, scattered, trying to survive now. And they, you know, they, they he took almost everything away from them. So, again, we see these just like in a lot of, I think, animation series that we get with Star Wars. But especially in Bad Batch, you see what the effects of the Empire has on not just the characters we're following, but these, the day-to-day people, you know, and how this affects them. And then again, even, you know, in Romar, if you look at kind of Romar's point of view, you know, obviously he, the Serenians see clones as like the enemy, right? Because they came with the Empire and are controlling. But then but then come along the Bad Batch. And maybe this gives him hope. Hope that there's people out there that will do good. You know, and that will help others. And I think, again, I think that really, for me, Romar really spoke to Tech. And I think that's going to be big for his character moving forward. I really do. I think Tech, I think, is going to become somebody that, again, I think falls in line with kind of Echo's thoughts and views. You know, that they should be doing more. They should be not just trying to survive, but obviously surviving and helping others. Because that, again, they can't run, keep running from the Empire. Because it's going to catch up to them. So they have to, they have to do something. And I I just love that idea. I do. I love this idea. Again, talk about Sereno. Again, nice little pull from Connections of other lore you know i mean like you said Ange dooku man tales of the jedi came out you know uh late last year dooku's you know three episodes were amazing and then you get that little again just that little piece of more just that little piece more of him and it's just fascinating because it just gives that character more depth without really like overdoing it but you just get a little more sense of Dooku and like what his, his decisions, his effect on, you know, his people and decisions that he made, how that crumbled his entire, his entire world that he was in charge of, you know, just because he was greedy and wanted power. Like, it's just, it's fascinating stuff. I I was not expecting to go back to Sereno because I believe if I'm not mistaken, we, we, we've been there before in Clone Wars, if I'm not mistaken. I th- I thought we were at Dooku's castle, but I could be wrong. But just going back to again having the roots, going back to the roots of the Separatists and like the Clone Wars, like the the remnants of that era, and we're just you know again they're just sprinkling that stuff within the show. That's really really done well. So kind of your overall thoughts on those connections and like were you surprised? I mean, does it? Does it give you more kind of understanding of the Empire and Dooku kind of overall and what and like what's going on and how the Empire really is taking over, right? Like this is what they're doing. They're just going from system to system and taking whatever they want now. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it is really crazy. Um that that's like that they feel like they need to occupy lands that are have already like been ravaged by a leader or 
ravaged by the thing. Like they, they're right, like, nope, we're right. Gonna, you've been knocked down. We're gonna knock you down a, a little bit lower. Like, bye. Make you even feel worse yeah. than you could you that you could be feeling already. Right. So yeah, I was surprised that um one of you know one of the places we were gonna visit the season show ended up being Sereno. Uh, I thought that that was really great. You know, I really get a lot of mixed feelings about Dooku. Sometimes I just don't think he is as monstrous as everybody made him out to be, you know, but this episode definitely like pushed that envelope saying like, no, he, he was a greedy, uh, you know, lust, lusted for power, um, took everything, not from, not only from the worlds that he occupied, but from his own world, they really pushed that so you know, it makes me go back to, yeah, Dooku was, um, you know, a pretty bad guy. And, um, you know, heavy into every element of the dark side, you know, not just like, it's just so weird. Dooku's su su such a fascinating character because I'm telling you, there are so many different thought processes around him and what he's doing and what he is passionate about. You get confused on what his angle is. And then plus he's playing like two, three different sides. You know, he's a separatist leader. He's a Sith Lord. He's an ex-Jedi. You know, it's so confusing at times. So it was kind of, if we're closing a chapter on him, I guess to say like this is his final story. He was full of greed and and he completely depleted his, even his own, his own planet, his family's planet as well too. Well, then I guess that's the end of his legacy and that's where we are so yeah, yeah it was just really interesting um and you know the empire like they just gotta pull money from everywhere you know they gotta dig up treasure you know they gotta go war chest hunting they don't have enough senators in their pockets you know barely not barely it's crazy not. they're just right. you know they can't stop so yeah it was just it was I liked how this ep these two episodes just really um, shed light on the current state of the Empire and the e Imperial occupation and all of that as well, too. So it was great. And it's cool to see that they haven't totally switched over to Stormtroopers yet. Yeah, we're that was still interesting. In those, 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 those are still clones, right? But you can kind of tell the, the look of them has completely changed, right, to where... A lot of times in Clone Wars, we saw the clones, and they they had, did have that individuality, right? Yeah, the colors on their on their helmets or whatnot. Yeah. Now it's completely white and black. You know, one unified thing, not showing any type of like individuality. It's just they are empire, 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 and so they seem quite brainwashed see. as well. Yes. too. It, yes. that's what I thought was interesting too. Like. At least in season one, when we were on, what's Hera's planet? Not, uh... Oh, it starts with an R. I can't remember. But yeah, I know what you're talking us. about. Uh, well, whatever. We're Star Wars podcasters. <laughs> Sorry, kids. We don't know every Sorry, planet. Kids. It will come to us. Every don't planet. worry. Right. Yeah. But yeah, well, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, <laughs> that guy on that planet with those people, uh, <laughs> He had a mind of his own, and he he was you know we're not what we're doing is not right. These people we're not at war. Hauser anymore. Hauser's his name. Hauser, I know that. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. he had a great haircut. So um, 
what's up with these clone troopers? This is like the bottom of the barrel and, and they don't have as many, you know, brain cells or, you know, their inhibitor chips are maybe turned up to a 10. I don't know. Like, what is that? So they seemed very, um, whoever is left is just there to, you know, follow orders. Yeah. It's interesting because again, in season one, we see the beginning of them wanting to go from clones to scripted soldiers. And we still see in season two, again, maybe months. I'm like, I think, I think we're months, like you're saying, Ange, months from the season finale of season one. But we're, and we're still with clone troopers. We're still with our buddies from the Clone Wars. But like you're saying, it's completely different because they aren't, you know, they aren't the same clones as we have known and, you know, loved. They are completely just brainwashed or whatnot. But then you do see these little bits of of them still. Like in that moment with, uh, is it Will Wilcox? And him telling Rampart, I'm not falsifying. Wilco, Wilco sorry, Wilco, thank you. Him telling Rampart, I'm not falsifying a report. Like, I feel like that's a very clone trooper thing. Like, I think maybe if he was super brainwashed, he would have maybe just followed, you know, good soldiers follow orders. But then he was like, no, dude, I'm not falsifying a report. That's that's BS. Right. You know, so you get you see these little bits and pieces of them maybe coming out at moments. But I think you're right. But they're still completely 100% like we will follow, you know, what the Empire does. We are for the Empire, blah, 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 blah. So it's it's very interesting and fascinating that we're still with the Clone Wars. And I do wonder if we will see that in this season, like the complete removal of them. Or are we going to still be with kind of these, the remnants of the clone troopers and then eventually them being pulled out. And then again, we still don't know what happens, what happened to the, all the ones that re, were removed, you know, from Camino. Will we find that out? I, I, I would hope and assume, cause I feel like that was a big storyline towards the end of season one. And I think we'll, we'll, I, I think we'll, we'll catch back up to that for sure. But yeah, I, I, again, I just, these first two episodes were great. I loved Again, the style, the the animation style is so so good. You know, it's just it's just so well done and Dave Filoni and his team are are very, very good at what they do. A hundred percent. Like a hundred percent they're very good at what they do for sure. Um, let's talk about Rampart himself. Cause he's the big baddie, right? I mean, I think we He's a little baddie. He thinks he's a big baddie. That's fair. That's fair. But man, that last shot in the second episode of him killing Wilco. Captain Wilco. Captain Wilco, right. Not even just he was captain. That was some very like Andor level stuff for me. Like that was Empire True Colors. People were out for themselves. Like that's that's just straight Empire like 101 for me. And again, I know a lot of people were like, oh, animation's for kids. No, man, if you watch it enough, there's some heavy stuff in Star Wars animation every time. It doesn't matter what you, in Rebels, Clone Wars, 
resistance, all of it. There are some heavy, 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 heavy stuff in these shows. And this is that, you know, this, that scene where, uh, where Rampart tells him, listen, you are changing that report because there's no way Clone Force 99 is alive. Even if they are, that looks bad for me and I can't have that. And I feel like Rampart knew that Wilco was going to say no. And he was just ready. Obviously, when Wilco turned around, Rampart was right there. He was right there. So it was like Rampart had, was that he he was going to do it regardless. Like that was his plan. So talk talk to me about that scene, Andrea. Like, were you shocked? Were you like, oh man, I can't believe he did that? Or were you more of like, yeah, that lines up for Rampart and for the Empire? Like, kind of, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it definitely tracks. Uh, for someone in the Empire to just say selfishly, no, I can't get in trouble and I'm going to snuff you out because of it. Uh, it also puts the story along with, okay, now the em- someone in the Empire is aware that the Bad Batch is still around, right? They're no longer kind of just going around doing missions. You know, and that was part of the reason why Hunter didn't want to go on Sereno. It was Imperial occupied, you know, and he knew that they that was kind a of big had risk. A, a big yeah, risk. big risk. Yeah. They had a clean slate, all of that. So um, obviously it moves the story along because if Rampart wants to now get rid of Clone Force 99, who's he going to hire or um, influence or get involved to do that? And most likely it would be Crosshair, right? So... Um, my guess is that's how we get um, our buddy Crosshair back into the mix of this story as well, too. So, um, yeah, it, I, you know, you forget about, like, so many things that had happened and all the things you were anticipating coming out of season one. Like, you forget, I mean, it was nice that, like, Rampart even mentioned Tarkin, you know, to sh- yeah. be, like, you have yeah. to remember that Tarkin was, like, all about, like, getting rid of the clones and, and using the troopers and the- his initiative and all of that. So um, it was a good way to kind of pull you back to where you were and know where the story needs to go. So I liked that. And what's interesting, too, that I'm glad you brought up Crosshair because hey, we don't see him this in these first two episodes. But that is going to be an interesting story as far as if he does talk to Rampart. Does Rampart see him as an ally or because he knows that they are alive, will he blame Crosshair for keeping them alive? So, I th- again, I... What it's going to be fascinating for me is seeing Crosshair go back to the Empire, to Rampart, maybe, and like, what's the reaction? Like, I mean, how how can, how can he really go back and say, "Yeah, they're alive," partially because of me, right? Because he helped. I mean, does he like how, that whole kind of side of Crosshair is going to be really fascinating to see as far as does he just refocus and go after his brothers again or like does he does he have his own agenda now like what where like crosshairs kind of thoughts and feelings and you know process is gonna be really fascinating to see i think this season for sure you know do we even see crosshairs lauren he's not in the trailers at all his voices 
And that line, I think, that we even hear is from season one. No, we'll. I mean, obviously, we'll definitely see him. It, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how much and like what we will, what we get from him. Because Dee Bradley Baker, obviously, is the voice of all the Bad Batch. He was being interviewed by Ash Crossan of ET, and he mentioned that one of his kind of favorite things about season two was, you know, kind of Crosshair's journey and like what they go with him. So I'm. When I heard that kind of quote from him in that interview, I thought, I'm like, okay. So I think, you know, it's going to be really fascinating because we know where the Bad Batch stand, right? Like we know that they, I think eventually they, you know, Hunter will kind of get behind the idea of doing more and helping others, right? And helping not just other planets, but I think these other clones, right? Because I think that's where Echo, I think, stands a lot too, is that, we need to be doing more for sure, but we need to help these other clones. You know, they, they can't just, you know, they should be free like us. So it's going to be fascinating to see again, kind of what, kind of what they do as far as a team. Do they try to, again, get like a clone, a clone uprising, clone trooper uprising, or do they like, what like, or do they just, go and try to help these other planets out or is it a mix of both. I think it's going to be cool to see what they do in season two. And again, how does Crosshair get involved with that? You know, cause again, Rampart knowing that they're alive now, like you said, speaks volumes. And I, and I'm curious because we, again, where did Crosshair go after season one? Like, how did they, like, did the empire pick him up? Like, we don't know. Like how he got off of Camino, you know. So did did Rampart already know that they were alive because Crosshair talked to him? Like I just it's I think it's gonna be fascinating to see, a kind of again how Crosshair's story gets involved with the Empire, and then him kind of maybe weaving his way in the Empire and again being a good soldier and following orders. Or do they, or they, or is Rampart not even going to trust Crosshair? Like you're saying, maybe, maybe he's not going to trust Crosshair. Maybe he's going to send, you know, uh, Cody after them. You know, so who knows? I mean, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of interesting things could happen uh, this season though. So yeah, I mean, no Crosshair. Were you okay with that? I was okay with it. Yeah, I was okay with it. Um, Yeah, I was. We have what, 16 episodes? Yeah, 14 more after this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was okay with it. I mean, that was a huge storyline at the end of season two was Crosshair. So, I mean, I guess taking a break from it when we come back is is was all right. I mean, because there's a lot of things that we were expecting at the end of season one that we want answers to, right? So, like, at the end of season one, um, Nala Say is getting, you know, taken by the Empire to a cloning facility, right? Like, are we going to get that in season two? You know, so there's a lot of things. There's a lot of questions we had at the end of season one um, that just, you know, didn't really get addressed or opened up. But that's fine because, you know, there are plenty of episodes to, to continue the story. No, yeah, I agree. So let you know. Thinking of those questions too, let's go into 
final thoughts and then predictions. And let's let's hit those questions up because I think we we had some really good ones in our season one finale. So I'll start with final thoughts. So Ange, overall, first two episodes, what you think? Again, any uh, any funny moments or any kind of really cool moments stand out to you uh, in this episode? Uh, yeah, I like I had said up top, like it was just nice to put us back where they are, what they're doing. I didn't feel lost. I, that's the thing. I you know we talk about this all the time. I I watch like a new Star Wars something, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? For the first time, I didn't feel that way. You know, I knew where we were. I knew I didn't miss anything. Um, everybody was the same. You know, even Omega was. It wasn't like all of a sudden Omega could like lift rocks or and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I w- I was completely happy with the first two. I don't need um cliffhangers in in star wars animation i just like storytelling and i love when little parts of uh you know like you said star wars lore get gets pulled in so like the little things like dooku and serena was was really great so yeah some i mean speaking of omega like we we talked in our finale recap we were wondering if omega is going to come out as being somewhat of like a force sensitive being just based off of you know some of the things she did in the finale and i mean even now in these in these first two episodes you know her strength is is really there she's um you know a tactical soldier for her age uh so you know like I even said in our um, finale episode, I don't need someone to be force sensitive to be spectacular, but it is really cool when they are and it comes and the force comes from different things. So um, that was one. What do you think? Are we going to get that in season two? Are we going to get an Omega is is something more than she is um, story? I, I think so. I don't know if it's going to be force sensitivity. Or it's going to be more of like a genetic cloning thing but i can see us learning more of about her because there is something special about her right i mean that that, i think that's undeniable you know she is very smart for obviously very smart for her age she knew even about the freighter she knew that those containers would have um re-entry like thrusters so she's she's very intelligent and not to say that, obviously, because of her age, she shouldn't be. But she is very intelligent for her age, for sure. That's 100%. So I think there is something to say about that. And I think we'll learn more, you know, within this season that there is something with her. I don't think it's the Force or anything like that. But it could be, like, part of, part of the cloning stuff, right? Because she was kind of special. Yeah. You know? And I mean, even with that, so another one of our questions or predictions that we might see in season two was, will we, will Omega uh, run into Boba Fett? Will there be some sort of interaction between Boba Fett and Omega, considering they're unaltered clones from Jango Fett? You can maybe call them brother and sister, siblings, whatever you want to say. That was a question we had at the end of season one. In season two, will that get addressed? I... I don't think you say that without somehow addressing it later on. Will we get it in season two? I don't know. I would I you want learned, it. Yeah. You said you don't mention that without payoff is right. what you said. And that's the honest to God truth. You don't yeah. say she's from Django Fett 
and don't ever have her cross paths with Boba Fett. There must be a payoff in that, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No, there is got to be. There has to be a payoff for it. Because, like, right, you don't say that, that she is a a clone of Django. Very, obviously, similar to Boba. I mean, he's the Alpha, she's the Omega. And you don't, there's got to be some type of connection or some type of they see each other somehow, some way. I and think also, it would make sense. And also, season one, we had Cad Bane, we had Fennec Shand. Um, interacting with Omega, we know in the book of Boba Fett, all of that. So, you know, those are the types of things I wasn't looking for right out of the gate in season two. But I really am hoping we get there because that stuff was starting to be really exciting. Watching season one of The Bad Patch was pulling in all those other different angles. And it wasn't just about how does The Bad Batch, you know, repair their relationship with crosshair you know so um do you think we'll get that in season two do you think we'll will the the bad bitch uh galaxy will expand do you think it will be bigger i think you have to right i mean i think it i think that's where the story goes i mean you have to make it bigger in a sense right because this is a the era that we're in is bigger now, right? It's not just Camino clones. You like that's kind of where we were in season one almost, right? I mean, we went to different planets, but I mean, it was more of, you know, the story about these clones from Camino and all and like the special unit. But now because of what has happened, you know, the fall of uh of Camino and then them surviving it, and then the stakes of what's going on in the galaxy, just like what Echo said in the in this first two episodes. Like, you know, they have seen what's going on. They can't just sit idly by. So, yeah, I, I think it has to be bigger. I think, again, connecting Boba and Omega in that way somehow with that bigger kind of overall thing makes sense. And, again, we, we kind of know that, you know, Fennec said you know if you need me again in season one let me know so i mean do we see fennec again and cad bane i mean it would make sense because then that's how maybe you get boba involved like there's ways of of connecting the bigger the bigger story for sure i mean kind of what's what's your thoughts on that is that is that what you expect too as well yeah i mean coming out of season one that's exactly what i expected um but i don't know if we have to get there in season two but I mean, that goes back to Agreed. my ne- next question that we were talking about. What do we think the season count is for the Bad Patch? Do we think it's one and two? This is this is all we're ever going to see. Do we do we get to a third season, a fourth season? You know, and what's the end of the Bad Patch? That's what we talked about as well, too. My my thought process around it is once Rebel starts, once Ezra is on Lothal. The Bad Batch is, is no more, you know, they're often, you know, separated on their, their own thing. So is that the end of the Bad Batch? How many seasons does does this stick out? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it really is. After these first two episodes, I could see this going, again, more. It, it definitely could. But I could also see this being the end. Because I think the, I think the, the end goal for me for them is again is helping i think the clones the clones that are still under the you know under the inhibitor chip 
I think that's maybe a an eventual like, okay, how we can help the galaxy is getting these clone troopers free of what they're under. You know, so I mean, and we know from trailers, we know they're on course on at some point. So like I mean, there's got to be a reason for that, right? There's got to be a reason for them to go to Coruscant to do something. What that is, I don't know. I don't know if this, again, I could, you could make them alive and then within Rebels. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mostly agree that by the time Rebels comes around, by the time we get to that era, which is roughly what five years till a new hope. I mean, we know at that time Rex is hiding uh, with Gregor and Wolf. We know Ahsoka's fulcrum. We know, you know, we know certain things. Could it be logistically possible that they are still alive and we're not aware of it? Because again, Rebels was focusing on that story. Yeah. But, I mean, for a team that maybe does something real big in this season, you would think there'd be a mention of them in Rebels. But again, who knows when did the idea of Bad Batch start? You know you know what I'm saying? Like, again, that, that all plays into factor, too. Like, I mean, Rebels yeah. was before Bad Batch. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. it all depends. It really all depends. I could see it maybe going longer than two three maybe max for me but i'd be like if it's just two seasons i'm okay with it again let's let's talk in 14 weeks right let's see where we're at and go from there but i mean right now yeah dude i hey man keep giving me these adventures i love it i love it like to me you can get you can get past two seasons if you open the story up more right if you if you stay in the vein of uh, where we were these first two episodes, you're only going to get two right. seasons. Agreed. Right. Agreed. But Agreed. if you open up the story of uh, what's going on with Nalase and the cloning, what's going on which with... Which is big. Pal- which is yeah. huge. What's going on with Palpatine, right? Because he's got tons of plans going on um, in this moment, and we don't really know too much about them. And to be honest, that, that didn't even get scratched in Andor. So... Where do we scratch that? Do we scratch that in the Bad Batch? And that gets us to, you know, all the way to the Rise of Skywalker? I'm dead serious. Like, how how do we get that? Because right. when we did our recap for our season one finale, that was the one thing I wanted in season two was, was more Palpatine. Because we know he's like the master manipulator of all things, but his story has holes, right? And and we can kind of get a little bit of it throwing him in, in this era. So you can, you can get more than two seasons if you really open the story up and knowing what's going on with Rampart and Tarkin, and then also knowing what's going on with Palpatine, Nala say the, the cloning, are they really on Wayland? Like what is going on? You know, so we can get there. I, I'm, and I'm excited to to see how that goes. And I'm completely fine with if we just stick with the batch too. 
also like because i i find them to be interesting characters i love their action sequences i love their comedic beats i love um omega like i i love all this so i'm invested either way yeah no i i'm i'm completely with you i'm invested whether they open it up and make it like a okay now they're beyond the empire maybe they are part of a rebel thing that's just starting because as we know again the rebellion probably hasn't really kicked in at this point there's whispers of it i mean probably my mothma is talking 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 with or with bale you know what i'm we saying see the, bale in the trailer right and we we know we'll get palpatine because we see him in the trailer too so we yeah. know they're gonna be there these characters but it's gonna be interesting again how does this all come to an end how does the Bad Batch, you know, where do they end? Do they risk themselves or are they able to kind of, again, do what Hunter really wants is and hide for the rest of their life. Hide. Just just like Rex, Gregor, and Wolf did. They hid from the Empire for years, right? On their own, surviving. Is that what they do? Is that what maybe, again, we know Rex is going to be here. We we know that he's asked them to be to do a mission. So like does he encourage them to again help be a part of this kind of whatever Rex is doing because again, it seems like Rex is doing some stuff as we know in season 1. Do we get more answers than those to that, right? Like what is he doing? Where is he? You know, and then the Martez sisters, bring them back, please. Bring them back. We love Rafa and Trace around here. Bring them back. Maybe that's how, um, I think is it Fee, uh, Fee was the pirate that Sid uh, trust. Again, pirate, do we get a uh, Hondo? Hondo. <laughs> Give me Hondo, baby. Shut up. Come on. We love Hondo around here. We do love Hondo. I mean, he's in almost every animation. <laughs> so like, He is. Doesn't that make sense, though? Right? Bring them in. Bring them in. I, oh, God. Give me some Hondo. I love Hondo. But, yeah, I mean, again, they could open the series up to make it bigger than the storyline of, again, Bad Batch, clone, you know, clone troopers, all this stuff. But if they keep it this way, and let's just say it's two seasons, I, I trust the team behind the animation. And I trust the writers and all that to tell a great story and to give them a satisfying conclusion. In two seasons, I could see it, but I feel like it'd be more. I do. I feel like, I feel like it will be more, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, any last thoughts, Ange, before we wrap this up? Nope. I love podcasting. It's so fun. <laughs> it is. It is nice. It's nice to be back, baby. It's nice to be back. Yep. All right, kids. That's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening to us. And again, we will be doing. Uh, two episodes at a time recaps of Bad Batch and then uh, in between uh, we'll do some fun stuff and we'll keep it rocking and rolling around here for sure so as always thank you thank you thank you uh, and for listening to us and please 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 go rate and review us where you can find our podcast the Galactic Podcast and we can be found on Twitter and Hive we are there and then our shows, we can be found at the big at the big in uh, big platforms like Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the big stuff. 
Then you can follow me, Lauren Romo, on Twitter in Hive at Loro Nose. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2 Step on Twitter and Hive. I haven't logged into Hive in a while. It's been a minute for me. I gotta I gotta log in. I again. did and I saw something I didn't like, so I was like, mm, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're in a timeout. You're in a timeout. <laughs> you're in a timeout. <laughs> oh hive, don't become the new Twitter, please. <laughs> or the old Twitter. Just don't do I don't it. know what it was. I was <laughs> like, oh, I don't wanna see that. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> All right, kids, that's it. That's the show again. Thank you for listening to us. And as always, may that force be with you. Always. Always.